Hey there. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Lymphedema Podcast. My name is Betty. I'm a certified lymphedema therapist, passionate lymphedema advocate, mother, and the voice behind the Lymphedema Podcast. What began as a small passion project in 2019 to provide answers and explanations to people with the lymphatic disease lymphedema has now reached more than 75 countries. Whether you're a patient, caregiver, medical professional, or someone interested in lymphedema, there's an episode here for you. Every week this season, there will be a new episode to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I made this podcast just for you. Disclaimer, if you feel you have lymphedema but have not been diagnosed, please see your medical professional as this podcast is not a replacement for a diagnosis in person, a treatment in person from your certified lymphedema therapist, or a substitution for your doctor's medical advice. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. So you just, you know, opened this question about MLD over clothing and I do need to go back about five years or so, because five years ago, I, I remember the first class where I talked about manual lymphatic drainage over clothing doesn't really exist, right? People oftentimes say, well, what do you mean it doesn't exist? Because that's what my colleagues are doing. <laughs> and I'm going like, well, they're doing some manual treatment, but manual lymphatic drainage good quality manual lymphatic drainage over clothing does not exist. And so five years ago, um, I was still prefacing this in my classes and I say, uh, you must think I'm making this up, right? And now five years later in 2023, I have always in a class of 15 or 20, I always have one or two people who would raise their hand and say, well, but that's what my colleagues are doing. And I want to be really clear that, you know, there are no absolutes. That means when there is a reason, sometimes it's a religious reason, sometimes it is a, um, you know, you have a specific reason why you're doing what you're doing. And I could see where sometimes you have to accommodate the patient but, you know, most of your patients are very much okay with, you know, taking their uh, clothing off for the manual lymphatic drainage. They have gone through cancer treatment before. They had the radiation where you would never do that over clothing or a surgery could never be done with a fully clothed person. And I think you're shortchanging your patient greatly if you try to apply this technique over clothing. Again, there are exceptions, but the exceptions should not be made to the rule. And the caution that I want to give you is when you do anything over clothing, you don't see the surface. We talked about scar tissue. There may be a radiation field. There may be inflammation. There might even be a seroma sitting on the chest wall that you would not see if you were to treat that person fully clothed. You wouldn't get the skin stretch that we so we really need in order to get the effective manual lymphatic drainage. And um, so you're really greatly shortchanging the patient um, if you 
um, are providing some manual drainage overclothing. I, I wouldn't want to call it manual lymphatic drainage overclothing because in my opinion, that does not exist. Now, I want to in that context also say that um, sometimes practitioners would ask me if they can do it with a glove on their hand. That is vastly different. We sometimes have um, um, skin changes or skin integrity issues that we need to accommodate in our patients. And it is absolutely more appropriate to wear a glove. I had a couple therapists in the past who would be um, sweating so much with their fingers that there was no way that they or the patient would be comfortable uh, with um, doing it with their bare hands. So, and that's when you try it out on a client or a patient or on a friend, uh, you will see that manual lymphatic drainage can effectively be done with a good fitting, you know, latex-free glove. But it should never be done over clothing unless you create that exception for a very particular reason. And I find it very, very um, frustrating that some practitioners would think, would even start to think that they would get the same effects uh, doing this manual treatment over clothing as compared to a good quality manual lymphatic drainage session on the skin. And you know, a few minutes ago, we were talking about some people saying that manual lymphatic drainage is not a, a valuable part of your CDT. Well, if you're doing it over clothing, first, you're not providing expert manual lymphatic drainage. And then it's not surprising that your treatment is not working in the same way. It should be working if you employed, you know, your skills directly on the skin. And um, so that's, yeah, this is, this is, um, I want to say a very disturbing trend in our field. Um, and I wish that people who feel that they cannot accommodate the patient in the right way, that they would rethink about maybe even treating lymphedema because they are not doing a good service on the patient and the patient should not be um, experiencing this kind of like, um, I want to say substandard manual lymphatic drainage or substandard lymphatic care. I hope you're enjoying listening to this episode so far. I want to jump in and tell you guys that you should be definitely checking out the sponsors who support Lymphedema Podcast. This year, our sponsors are Eros Medical, Play, which is Pediatric Lymphedema Alliance, Medi, and Juzo. Go check out their websites, go check out their Instagrams and their social medias, and find them so that they can help you power through your lymphedema journey. Um, we all agree that the world needs more CLTs, more certified lymphedema therapists, but you know, if you cannot make the time, if you feel like you have to compromise in such way that it turns out to be substandard lymphedema care, maybe we want to rethink this, take a break from offering this and not shortchange the patient 
um, in such way, uh, because that's certainly not the treatment I would wish on my mother or grandmother or loved one. Um, I want them to have best practice and MLD overclothing simply doesn't exist. You've said a lot of things that I want to really, I wanted to like jump in, but I didn't want to interrupt. So you said in the beginning that MLD doesn't exist over clothing and that there is an exception in some cases. So like if it's a religious um, need that that can be an exception that's made and I would, I would probably, I'm going to take a little bit farther. If I'm in a treatment, if I'm in the treatment room and my patient says to me for religious purposes, I don't want to remove my clothing or, you know, I'm not comfortable um, for religious purposes. Like if it's a male having a female work on them and there's not a male CLT, then I would demonstrate over the skin if there is a caregiver in the room, I would help them learn with the hand pressure. Cause I do this all the time. Instead of just telling a patient my pressure and how it feels or the caregiver, I will grab that caregiver's arm and I'll say, can you feel this? And I have an arm and I'll say, I want you to repeat on my arm, what I'm doing on your arm. And so at the same time, I'll say, does this feel like the right pressure? And then they'll repeat it back. And so we'll kind of have this little skills building before they leave, we may record that. And I would perform that on the person who needed, the patient who needed to keep their clothing on. But I would do it in a way that I would say, okay, now I want you to demonstrate back to me how you would do it and then perform this at home without clothing in the way. So that they, they're never going to get that same skill that I as a CLT have but it will be way more effective than them continuing to work over clothing when working on themselves. What do you think about that? No, point well taken. And if that is the approach that you would employ in such case, um, I would argue that it's more often like a female patient and a male you know, therapist where that applies. And I think that's a good approach. Um, um, I think we we have to be creative with those um, patients where we have to make an exception. But I would really, in my own experience, these are true exceptions. And unfortunately, people will then make that exception to a rule, and that's when it becomes an issue for for the patient. Um, the one thing that I caution people, and I would say this is absolutely a no, is like when a person is, let's say, keeping shorts on or maybe a T-shirt on just in case you create that exception and you want to do some self-care training, don't ever go with your hand underneath the clothing. That is a no-no in therapy. Uh, so if I have a bath towel, and you know how flimsy those towels are in the clinics, they're very almost like see-through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then I would I would argue, I would argue that, you know, if you use that one layer, right, 
and you put your hands on it and you carefully feel, then you can convey that kind of like message to the patient and yes, have them do it on the skin at home, but it doesn't free you from actually inspecting the skin because you cannot in good conscience apply a manual treatment over skin that you have not inspected because under the breast there could be maceration mm -hmm. uh, there could be inflammation i have also had several patients with a seroma on the chest wall and you have to really see that palpate it differentiate that from edema and so there's enough reasons why you need to have a visual inspection on the skin and then you kind of like work around in such ways that you were describing that I was just describing with a very thin, you know, towel. Um, but don't ever go underneath that towel with your hands or into clothing with your hands. Um, that is definitely a no. And, and you can even like for those patients who, you know, let's say have religious beliefs um, and such, um, oftentimes when you talk to them and you create the environment that they feel they need, they will be able to make exceptions. They may never be treated by a male therapist if it's a female patient, and that's okay because it's there's way more female therapists than male therapists. Yeah. Um, and so I think you can always create that environment where it is feeling safe for them and where they get the most effective treatment but um unfortunately and i i kind of like i don't like to end this conversation on that note but unfortunately there's a fair number of patients who are now in 2023 receive substandard lymphedema care because there's so much time pressure in the clinics and uh, i feel for the therapists but that should not give you the right to provide that substandard care and that was one of the next points that you made that I wanted to talk about a little bit more is that an exception is just that. It's an exception. It's for like one-time use, extenuating circumstances, and it should not give the therapist an excuse to cut corners or provide that substandard of care because you're not helping anyone. You're right. not helping our profession's reputation. You're not helping your personal reputation and the patient who it's most important, they are not getting the lymph drainage that they need. And so I would just rather encourage therapists to stand up against the administrators usually who are putting those time constraints to say, look, you're not going to give good care. And if you want us to have a bad reputation, go ahead. Well, two more short thoughts about that. One is give your administrators, give your supervisors the benefit of the doubt that they don't know what you're doing with a patient. Yeah. Invite them into a session with a patient who is comfortable to have someone come in and observe show them all the components that you need to do the mld the bandaging the instruction in home exercise and maybe self-care so 
an hour goes by very, very quickly and the administrators or supervisors don't realize that because they may not be a CLT. They may really not appreciate all the different things that you're doing and then ask them after they have been educated on what it is that a good uh, lymphedema session entails. Um, if they want to provide the best quality care, best practice, or provide some substandard lymphedema care, which by the way, if you did MLD over clothing, and I'm gonna add another layer here, that is insurance fraud because you're not doing MLD. And so you need to think that the, the people who give you that type pressure from above to do the most amount of patients in the shortest period of time that they need to be educated that lymphedema work is quite different from orthopedic care. And, and they need to go and, and think, is that the treatment they wanna provide or maybe leave it up to others to will make the time and provide good quality care and best practice. You got my attention with insurance fraud. So I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation with Gunter on manual lymphatic drainage and these really key points that we covered. And just to remind you, a few of the things that we've talked about is that universal agreement on manual lymph drainage it doesn't really exist, but we know that as clinicians, we have the ability to have professional clinical decision-making, and we know when to apply a deeper pressure and when to provide a lighter pressure. And so we have to be able to hone our skills and build into what we know and continue to learn. That first course, um, I will say, was really great, but I went on and got a, an advanced lymphedema management continuing ed course. And that was really helpful with me to learn some more. So I think if anyone listening wants to know more about manual lymph drainage, taking an additional course to build your hands on skills would be really, really helpful for your practice. And if you're looking for one, I think close training has one you can probably check out. And Remember that MLD overclothing does not exist. If we're doing MLD overclothing, it is only for extenuating circumstances and it is an exception and not the rule, but that manual lymphatic drainage is to be performed skin to skin contact so that we can inspect the integrity of the skin as well as to get that pull and that direction change of the skin that is really one of the key things that moves that lymph drainage. And then another one would be, uh, one of the final points I want to make are the studies out there. So we talked about the study on ICG lymphography, helping it to guide our practice of MLD, as well as we discussed one of the studies that kind of highlights that MLD is not a necessary component to lymphedema treatment and that could be from more of the performance of the practitioner and not necessarily the role of MLD, but that MLD is necessary. And really it depends on how it's being provided and if it's being provided correctly. So we have to keep those things in mind 
And I just want to thank you one more time, Gunter, for coming on the podcast and sharing your insight with us. My pleasure and great summer, Betty. Thank you. You're welcome. Mother Teresa said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship in a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about this conversation on manual lymph drainage with Gunter Close. Remember, if there is a topic that you are looking for, the website has a full library of podcasts. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.